You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. A quick shout out to Printful, our sponsor here on the show. Grow your brand and make a lasting impression with Printful. They offer more than 250 high quality products, from apparel and accessories to home and living items and so much more. Connect your store, choose your product, upload your design, and Printful is automatically fulfilling your orders on demand and shipping them to your customers around the world. There are no order minimums, so you won't get stuck with leftover inventory, and you only pay when you make an order. Ah, returns. Returns online, they're like so brutal as a customer. We've all been there. You buy something after seeing an ad, you kind of forget you did. The product arrives. It's just not what you expected. Maybe it doesn't fit, or maybe you just don't want it. Whatever it is, the idea of returns is just a huge hassle for e-commerce. So if we're all buying online and we know how painful it is to receive an order you're not psyched about, why as brand founders do we just think of returns as such a cost center? Can it be more than that? It's kind of like the elephant in the room for customers and brands. So I wanted to bring on my friend, Alex McEckern, over at Loop Returns. Alex, fill us in. How do you turn returns into a marketing asset? Hey, Ben, super pumped to be here and even more excited to teach everyone a bit about how some of the most successful brands on Shopify are thinking about returns and how they're actually using their return policy to drive more sales. I'm even going to give everyone here a few examples that you can go and check out. Now, when I say returns, my guess is that for many of you, that brings about a negative association. It's this idea of giving back a hard-earned sale. You might think of it as just the cost of doing business online. But what if I told you that returns are not bad and that your return policy and experience can actually become one of your strongest marketing assets? I can hear you saying, prove it from here. So hear me out. The first myth that we need to bust before we go too far along here, though, is the notion of a return being, quote, bad. I think the reason so many of us think this is because we often use the term return synonymously with refund. So we tend to look at it as losing money. At Loop, we look at returns a bit differently, though. A return is a container for three distinct outcomes. Exchanges, or the act of a product coming back for another product. Store credit, or a product coming back for another future purchase. And obviously a refund, which has no guarantee that a customer is coming back to shop with you again. We call this your return composition. And when you look at your returns this way, you can start to see how a return is not always a negative, but a potential retention and customer experience play. 52% of returns that happen on Shopify are sizing related, which means that the desired outcome for your customer is more often than not an exchange. If you make exchanges easy and allow customers to not just keep products they don't hate, but actually exchange it into a product they love, the likelihood of a customer becoming a repeat customer increases, and so does the likelihood that they're going to refer someone else to your brand. All right, now that we know that not every return is going to be a refund, let's talk about how you can turn your return policy into one of your best marketing assets. Let's start with a stat. 67% of shoppers check a return policy before making a purchase. Yeah, I want that to sink in for just a second. Two-thirds of shoppers are wanting to see your return policy before they actually buy something from you. That's because your return policy is reducing the perceived risk of making a purchase. 
This is especially true for apparel brands, footwear brands, and accessory brands that sell products like sunglasses, where fit is such an important part of the purchase. Your customers want some reassurance that if things don't go as they plan, that they might be able to get a new product or potentially get their money back. If so many people want to see your return policy before they make a purchase, there are two things we need to consider. We should be making sure that all the information that they need to find is clearly visible on your return policy page. And if people are looking for this info anyway, we should be looking to make it as easy to find as possible. Let's start with what they're looking for. We did a consumer study here at Loop, and we found the most important things to show on your return policy. And we turned those into five simple questions to answer on your return policy page. Those questions in order of importance from our consumer research are, how much will a return cost me? Or who's paying for the return shipping? And how much does it cost? How long do I have to return? Or what's your return window? What makes something ineligible to return? How long does a return take? And when I say that, I mean, if you're exchanging, how long till I get the new product in my hands? Or if I'm refunding, how long is it going to take for that to appear on my credit card? And finally, where do I start a return? When I do actually need to return something, where am I going to do that? Do I have to email someone to get started? Is it a simple on-demand portal? Or maybe I have to actually physically send it to an address that you have listed on your site. Those five questions are what shoppers are looking to understand before they make their purchase. But it's not just about answering them. You need to think about your returns page just like any other marketing page on your site. You need to make sure that those answers are both easy to find and presented in an on-brand way. My guess is that many of you haven't touched your returns page since you started on Shopify. And it's still just a big clump of text with a bunch of legal jargon and maybe an email to reach out to or a button at the bottom of the page. This page is a crucial part of whether someone is going to make a purchase, especially someone who has never purchased from you before. So make it part of your shopping experience. I have three examples of brands that I love the returns page experience. And those are Brooklinen, Walkie Paws, and Live Sozy. And I'll make sure that all of those links get into the show notes so that you can check them out. I love Brooklinen because they managed to answer all five of those questions in just one paragraph on the page. How's that for efficient? They also give you clear ways to start an exchange, a refund, or a warranty claim. And some of you, when you're checking this out, you might be blown away that their return window is 365 days. But setting a generous return window like that makes someone more likely to make that purchase. They feel like they have more time to return it. And here at Loop, we see that about 80% of returns happen in the first 14 days, regardless of how long your return window is. So no matter how long you set that return window, the majority of returns are still going to happen right at the beginning. Now, I know not everyone listening has the design resources of a Brooklinen, but that's why I love Liv Sozi's return page. It's so simple. It's just two images and the answers to those five questions in two simple paragraphs. Your returns page just needs to give shoppers the confidence to make a purchase. And if you give them that confidence, you're going to see higher conversion rates. So if your policy is going to make customers feel more confident, don't hide it in the fine print or bury it in the FAQs. The most common place to find this page is in the footer, but many apparel and footwear brands have figured out how important this is to the purchase decision and have started to make it more prominent across their site to boost conversions. Mizzen and Main, as an example, has their free return policy communicated in a banner prominently displayed on the homepage. 
And some brands like Tacova's even allow customers to access a consolidated policy right below the buy button on the product page. And I'll add both those examples so you can check them out in the show notes. And obviously, the more customer-centric your policy is, the more effective it's going to be as a marketing asset. And since I'm likely going to get the hook here from Ben in a minute, I'll just leave a link in the show notes to a guide that will walk you through how to set up the best policy possible. So the three things I want you to walk away from with today are returns are not a cost center, and they're a marketing asset and a retention play. Your policy reduces perceived risk if you answer the five most common questions. How much will a return cost me? How long do I have to return? What makes something ineligible to return? How long does a return take? And where do I start a return? And finally, if you're an apparel or footwear brand listening, bring your policy out of the footer and make it even more discoverable. Some of the best brands on Shopify are already doing this to reduce that perceived risk and increase their conversion rate. Love it, Alex. That was great. Even just understanding how many visitors look at a return policy before they order or add to cart gives us listeners some ideas, right? So let's make sure that your policy is linked invisible. Hell, even like some of the examples here, you might want to summarize on the product display page, on the cart, just below the button, wherever it is that you actually have an awesome, easy to find returns policy. Thanks, Alex. Really good nuggets in here. Those questions were awesome. They'll help guide everyone on the on the other end of the show. And check out the show notes for a bunch of the examples that Alex mentioned, even his podcast called The Exchange, if you want to go deeper on some of these retention strategies. See you tomorrow.